Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Ooh. Jack Frost nipping. Just a couple dudes. Episode 10. Frank Lewandowski. December edition. And Eric Flattiger. And our buddy, Nat King Cole. Nat King Cole. What a classy guy. Oh, so good. Do you think he lives forever? I think he's still out there. I think think those guys get a pass. I think Elvis lives on the moon. I just want some mistletoe. Is that asking too much? I don't think so. That song always gets me in the mood. December, it's such a good month. The feels are there. Merry Christmas. God, it's such a good song. I have a tree this year. I was gonna say you do have a tree, and so do I. It has like fifty. You have a tree at your house. We have a tree now. Wow, you. I know it's been three years. No, no decorations, no tree. Huh. But you want to know why we have a tree? Is because we have some women in our lives. Is that why? I was gonna ask. Yeah, I think so. Because I wouldn't have a tree if there wasn't. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't had one till this year, yeah. but I have a girlfriend, so. I actually enjoy Christmas more than she does. She's kind of like a Grinch a little bit. Oh. Yeah, I'm trying to get her in the spirit. Nice. Trying to get her the feels. Yeah, I love Christmas. I do too. I don't understand the people who are like, no, Halloween's my favorite. I'm like, Halloween sucks. Yeah. I mean, unless you go to ASU or something, you're just like looking at chicks that don't wear anything. You can be slutty. Yeah. And it's acceptable. Yeah, it's whatever. Actually, it's cool to be slutty. It it is cool now. Uh, They have those slut walks. Have you seen those? No. It's like... Those chicks like Amber Rose and all those other, you know, they get they wear like nothing and they march like the women's marches, but they're all like slutty. It's a oh. slut walk. I thought end, that was just the like day. let's end slut shaming. I thought that was a regular day at ASU. Yeah, it is a regular day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, huh? Yeah, it's it's school. all buffoonery. Yeah. God. Yeah. Well, so I guess this is episode ten. This is episode ten. Which is pretty big. Just a couple dudes. We should have over fifty followers by now. You think? Yeah, I mean, we got at least fifty family members, right? Well, at least <laughs> grandma and grandpa are listening, right? Yeah, easily. Shout out to the Flattigers, Lewandowski's, Rivets. That's my mom's maiden name. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. There you go. What's your mom's maiden name? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Polish. Oh, Italian. Yeah. Oh, Polish. Polish. Sexy. Polacks and Italians. Oh God. I know. What Polish a combo. Really strong on horses. Yeah. Saw. Oh, yeah. They did fight off the Germans on horses. They get crap Dude, for the it. Dude, the Polish, they, they get a lot of crap, but the, the neat thing about Poland is that it's like the only country in the world that goes back to like medieval times and it's been conquered and taken back, conquered, mm-hmm. taken back, conquered, taken, and all it survived World War One, World War Two. It made it all the way to now. Yeah, poor, poor people. They're so just Poland, in the middle of everything. Yeah, they just get just murked on but murked. i know both sides left right russian I, german yeah like, brutal situation i know yikes hey i'm I proud to be polish there. i'm also norwegian so i got a good combo that's pretty sexy that's good blaine in my butt blaine blood in my veins <laughs> whatever blaine it doesn't even matter because you're just pretty it doesn't. so it's okay so i'm proving on that i'm a polak but whatever yeah, I, I, I'm proud to say i'm a polak but i know it's derogatory i know but it's okay i say it because we're i feel Polacks. like they're strong though I think so. But who knows? I might do one of those 23 and Me and find out that I'm like South African or something. Damn it. I know. Shit. I'm not going to do it, though. Don't do it. No. Just pretend. Then you give the government your DNA. Oh. Yeah. And then they, uh, they'll they come for you or something. Oh, that's what I was, so I went to the gun <laughs> range today, right? Yeah. And me and my dad went shooting. I'm only good for about 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else you do. I unload a full clip from my AR-15 which I love AR-15s, but there's no practical use for them, let's be honest. Yeah. It's just America. It's, it's true. Uh, I'm like, Fire from the hip. I don't think, yeah. I don't think there's a purpose to a 30-round magazine. Like, fun. I do. Yeah, fun. That's that's pretty much it. Uh, it's like having 100 more horsepower in your car. You're like, yeah, this is yeah, fun. It's not purposeful. You go no. zero to 60 a little faster. Yeah. Yeah, but we were, Feels the, good. we were at the range, and there was this lady that was using a silencer. Mm-hmm. It's making me laugh. Mm-hmm. It's like pew pew, and I was like, "Well, you, to have that, you have to have a class three license, which means the ATF can investigate your house at any time. And actually, I think they have to check on you once a year. Mm. So when I was in the military, I, I knew an instructor that her full time job was just to travel the state of Arizona, knock on doors, and make sure you're up to to guidelines or policy, or they'll take your license and wow. your silencer away. Dang. And then I want to know what is the purpose of a silencer. 
I have no idea. Okay. I just yeah. want to know the None at all. What's the practicality? Yeah. It's cool, but... I mean, does it even actually silence anything? It's pretty silent. Well, it's supposed to be a what? A it sounds like a blow dart. It sounds like a blow dart? It's like, pew! Do you think you can actually do it with like, a water bottle? You ever see that in like movies? No. They put a water bottle on the end, and it's like... Instead of the loud noise. No. Maybe we could try it. We should I try live right it. by Ben Avery. Or yeah. we do. Yeah. I don't know. We probably right. get kicked off the range trying to yeah. shoot out of a water bottle. Yeah, probably. Like, what are you doing? We'll go to the desert. Thank goodness Arizona's a wild west. Yeah. Okay, we've had five minutes of chit-chat. All right, let's get back on topic. What are we talking about? So we're picking three books each. And we're going to kind of delve into what we think about them, our mm. quick reviews, and what we learned from them. Because we're both readers. We are readers. I'm probably more... I don't know if I'm more consistent, but you're way more fast at reading than me. Well, yeah, because when I, when I, I don't know, when I start reading a book, I just get consumed by it. I get really just into it. Uh-huh. It's the same thing with like, if I want to listen to a certain podcast or I get on a topic, I just go down a rabbit hole. You just can't. Huh? For like three, four days, I'm just in it. Really? And it really, it bothers me. I just think about it. It consumes my thoughts and then I go away from it and get into a new thing. Yeah. It's hard for me to do that though. Mm-hmm. I dabble. Yeah. So my brain is like dabble, 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 dabble. Yeah. And kind of squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. Yeah. But I can get into things sometimes, but it takes a lot, like a show, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, Game of Thrones, I had watched twice. The first oh. time I watched it, I went through the first three seasons, it was lame, it's just medieval, blah, blah, blah. The second time I got into it, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is a show. Horrible ending, by the way. Cheesy writing. That's what I hear. But the whole show was phenomenal. Peaky Blinders. Oh, way better it. when I actually paid attention and oh, so you did. It. You decided. To, oh, it's really good. Yeah, it's good. It's really dark. It's very dark. Yeah, I heard something like uh, Thomas Shelby smokes like six thousand cigarettes between seasons one through three or something. It makes me want to smoke. I, I used to smoke cigarettes, Eric, mm. and uh, that's why when patients say, "Hey, I quit smoking," I go, "Hey, I think you can smoke as much as you want in heaven." That was actually my. <laughs> that was actually yeah. my reasoning. I was like, "Hey, you know." If I happen to go to prison someday, at least I can just light up. Yeah. You know, cancer six, it takes off seven seconds each smoke. I'm like, okay, I'll keep smoking. Yeah. Let's get to the finish line a little faster. Oh, yeah. But uh, I love smoking, man. Like, I had to quit, though. I did a year I and a half. I thought it was so cool. I did. It looks mm-hmm. so cool. It still does. Cool. It still does. But I, I can never do it. The only time that I had ever tried, like, actually being like, all right, I'll smoke a cigarette was, like, at a bar. Yeah. And then I wanted to puke. It hurts. I just want to yeah. throw up. I'm like, oh, you didn't I just cowboy can't do up. it. I chewed for three no. to four years. I've never, I've oh, never God. chewed. I've well, never even tried s- it though. I went from smoking to chewing. Mm. So understand, nicotine is the most addictive substance on earth, mentally wise. It's a three day physical addiction, and then it's, it's like a hundred day mental addiction, and, and it could be lifelong technically. I had to join an online support group and just like follow people through it and hear their symptoms. It made me feel like, oh wow, that's why I'm depressed, or that's why I'm sad, or angry, or labile, yeah. or. It's bizarre, man. Nicotine has a very strong like purpose. And I've been nicotine free for five years or something. Nice. But anyways, the military everyone smokes and chews, so Yeah, pretty much. It's pretty cool. Any one of my friends, Danny, yeah. Jeff, they uh it's not like they they don't do a lot of like chew or smoke anymore, but they've done like they dabbled in it pretty mm-hmm. hard. Well what do you points. do when you're deployed, right? Like you're bored. Yeah. Fills the time. Taylor. He started chewing when he's... That's construction work. It's a little different, but I feel like they all do the same thing, Mm -hmm. you know? He likes dipping. I remember when I was in the country scene, and I I can two-step, by the way. Pretty good. Oh. Oh, yeah. I can spin around. Honk-a-tonk. I actually would have girls in the past come up to me and think it's hot. Like, I was shocked. or smoking? Well, dancing, yes, of course. (laughs) But no chewing. (laughs) They would look at my skull ring, and they would think I'm hot. You know what's crazy is... uh, a lot of those those chicks, so Taylor moved to Camp Verde, and then like all yeah. these people that I've met, area. they all seem like they love like smoking and spitting and yeah. wrestling and bumping and. Dude, I would literally <laughs> choose chewing over sex and food. What? That I'm. It was that good. Damn. Like it would be. Ugh, I would have like sex and chewing, and I'd be like, uh, rock paper scissors. Like wow. it, it's that much, it's that addicting. If you Jones that long, mm. let's say you waited all day, you were in class, and you're like, you know what sounds real good right now? A little big old lip, a oh, big old lip a dip. Yeah, it was, it was very hard to quit. But uh, wow, my dad actually helped me quit. I hear it turns year. you into a sexual tyrannosaurus. 
according to Jesse the Body Venture on Predator. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's pretty interesting oh, yeah. too. He, he goes down rabbit holes. Oh yeah. Oh man. All right. Okay. So let's. Uh, so books. Yeah. Well, real quick, let's just can we wrap up what we're our attention to the show is again? Yes. So. Let's go over the business process. So, A, we haven't made any money from this. We None. invested our own money in this show. Yep. I don't know how many followers we have because we're doing these episodes ahead of time. Yes. Uh, with the intention of coming out with one every week on Monday, which we're trying to get that case of the Mondays. Oh, yeah. Make it a little bit better. Brighten it up. Less office space. More happiness? Yeah. I guess. Happy. Fun? Interesting. Uh, interesting, yeah. So, one episode a week, uh, an hour under and it's just me and Eric, and eventually we're going to start having guests after this episode, Yeah. start interviewing people. So if people are interested, please reach out to us. We want to hear people's story and share what you have going on, whether it's a local business or you know just a cool story you have in life. That's what yep. we want to hear about. Jackdudes at gmail.com, and the D is shared. So jacked and then dudes is a one D. Yeah, we have a website too. Yeah, Instagram. Yep, Instagram, Jacked underscore Facebook. podcast. So, and then we're just locally here in North Phoenix. And when we do, or if we do ever make money, uh, basically what we're going to do is the ads are going to be things we actually believe in. Yeah. Uh, stuff that we're not just making money off. We don't care. It's going to be at the beginning of the show, so you can just skip it if you want. And uh, basically the way every dollar that we receive, 33% of it is going to go to a local school because we support our local schools. 33% goes to us personally and 33% goes into the business so we can spend more time on it. So that's kind of our intention. Yeah, and another thing about the podcast too is I was explaining it over the past weekend to uh, to a couple people, and uh, just from doing ten episodes now, and from everything that we talk about, I was like, it's really, you know, the title "Just a Couple Dudes," and it's a podcast. We take a lot of issues, like we've talked about, you know, religion, relationships, money, all sorts of stuff that can be really complex issues, and kind of bring it down to a layman, the layman. Just a couple dudes talking, you know, and yeah. put it in those kinds of, in that kind of contest. Something that's really easy to understand. So it kind of, I mean, finances can be complex. You know, religion can be complex. All these things can be complex. But I feel like every time we talk about stuff, it brings it down to like the bro level. Yeah, <laughs> which and it's not just for dudes. Is you know, anyone can listen to it and understand, mm-hmm. have a better understanding. And of course, you're getting both our opinions. But you know, we try to be as open minded as possible. Try to be as you know objective. We have our, you know, still have a little bit of our own flair to it, but we really, we've taken some, we've tackled some big topics, you know, stuff that people may not, you know, that they've struggled to understand or that we've struggled to understand in the past, but now we're talking about it in layman terms, you know. Yeah, and we still don't, we aren't experts in any of these areas. No, not at all. Whether, one of the main things we'd like talking about is health, based on my profession, Eric, you're a healthy guy and you've had, you know, you speak it in real life. And also with the people around you, right? You don't have to be a health, you don't have to have title after your name to be a health yeah. expert. Yeah. The custodian could be the, the healthiest person, right? Yep. And that's why you always have to be open-minded and humble. I think making humility cool again mm-hmm. would be cool. Sometimes I come across pretentious and honestly, I don't think that highly of myself. I think I'm okay. I, I brought it up I'm a seven out of 10, but Heart I think, seven, yeah, and I, I show shirtless pictures. Yeah. All the time. But I just like to be shirtless, and I want to show people that it's okay to be proud of who you are. It's okay, but I'm still really hard on myself. So when I get compliments, I don't really take them well. Um, so yeah, I think I come across pretentious, but I'm not, because I'm I'm my biggest critic. So mm-hmm. if everyone gives me a thousand compliments, I don't care who how many compliments I get. It's still what matters is more what I think about myself, right? Like that's yeah. really important. The most important is self worth. Yeah. No, yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I, it's kind of hard for me to take compliments too, and it does seem like that when you're doing a podcast, you're you're talking a lot, you're giving your take on something, you're explaining things or talking about things. So it does make people might get that sense that you think that you must think you know all these things, but at the end of the day, it's just my opinion, and it's just what I've. And we also talk about stuff that just works. Yeah, you know all the financial stuff we've talked about is because we're, you know, neither one of us are in crazy debt, or neither one of us, you know, have financial problems. Either one of us could afford an unexpected thousand dollar expense. You know, stuff that the majority of Americans at least can't do, or haven't done, or aren't portraying that. You know, and, and so we're just talking about fault. things that work. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about exercises that work for me. That's yeah. it. I can only speak to that, but I think it's good. I think that's been the good focal point of the podcast, and I think. 
who are going to meet some people too, and they're going to give their input and their expertise or intake on, on stuff. And that's what's exciting about it. And we want to stay open-minded, humble. We have biases, but really the only thing you should try to do is try to learn from things that are different than what you know. So if you're really yeah. conservative, you should actually listen to the liberal uh, uh, or take, right? The mm-hmm. opposite. I don't want to just use politics, but if you're a carnivore, you should listen to a vegan and be like, well, if they are healthy, and I, I sway more towards pro-meat just based on yeah. my, my history and my beliefs and my science and stuff. But if you're a vegan, you're super healthy. I want to learn from you. Like, yeah. What can I learn from you? Well, yeah. Like, what are they doing? What are you doing? Yeah, what supplements or what this? Show me. Tell me. Right? Yep. Uh, I think just having that open mind really is important for anything. Because oh, you're yeah. always learning. Always. always. Yeah. There's no plateau in life. No. Mm-hmm. And that's why reading is important. Yep. It is. Even a little bit at a time. Even like 10 pages or 10 minutes a day just makes a huge difference where you just... I'm not big into ebooks, Eric. I can't do it. I, I need a physical book. It's I've only done thing. like one or two. I just don't like it. Yeah. I, I like the a, page. I like mm-hmm. holding. I like the bookmark. I'm 30, so maybe that's like a nostalgia thing. I don't know. Yeah. Sitting at a coffee shop, reading. Oh, so Legs hot. crossed. So hot. Sipping some coffee. You cross your legs over? I do it the ankle to knee. Not the knee to knee. Does that make sense? No, I got it. I do a half. Half so is confusing. good. You know, but I see some really macho manly men who got knee on knee, yep, like I'm a chick, you. and it yeah. it looks good. It, and you can see their good. socks. It's actually better for your knees, I think. It, it's probably way better. Yeah. The yeah. ankle to knee is not good for your knee. Ankle to knee is joint. more like power. Mm-hmm. You can do it for a short period of time. Very short, and then I'm done. Yeah, and then you're going to have to spread those legs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Open up. Yeah. <laughs> Open up, daddy. <laughs> oh, so books, huh? Books, books. Let's go with your first book, man. What's your first one? My first book. Um, I think we've talked about before when we talked about uh, religion, but a book that really impacted me in the way I view my own worldviews uh, re- through religion, especially, is uh, this book, Love Wins, by Rob Bell. He's so eloquent. He's really good. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's what we're topic. talking about, taking complex issues and bringing it to the layman. Rob Bell, and if you haven't read of any of Rob Bell's books, I would highly recommend Love Wins and How to Be Here, two right off the top. If you... What is even, the Bible? Right. Yeah, and I was going to say, what is the Bible? So even if you're not Christian, Christian, Muslim, whatever, you're, you're agnostic, it doesn't matter. Uh, his book, What is the Bible, is literally just him taking stories that are in the Bible and then explaining them in a very like 2019 way of understanding what is this saying and because there's tons of good information in any kind of uh religious text you know yeah. what I mean? and I, there's a reason these things have survived for 2000 years yeah it's pretty amazing right oh yeah even just just thinking of it that way how like the kardashians aren't gonna be famous 2000 years from now no they won't i mean it's pretty impressive what they've done actually but yeah they are they aren't impressive we're all gonna way. be in they're the not past. but George Washington, we don't think about him very often. No, I mean, cherry tree, what? Did he cut it down? Did he cut it or did he not? How many slaves did he own? Yeah. Right? We forget about that. He's got a lot of... uh, Don't bring that statue down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, love wins. Okay. (laughs) Love wins. So the the gist of the book is like him asking these questions. So a lot of Christianity is based... You know, a lot of people who are Christians, a lot of different... You know, there's a hundred different, you know, sections of Christianity. But... You know, a lot of them will be like, oh, there's heaven and hell. If you're not a Christian, go to hell. If you're a Christian, go to heaven. It's for eternity, and it's very black and white. Mm-hmm. And kind of that he tackles that idea of, A, is it actually black and white? Or is it more so that you don't know, and no one knows? Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let's look at it from that viewpoint. And then he also talks about, like, you know, if you look at the Bible, and you look at tons of different scriptures and stuff, it's like, if you actually believe, if you're a Christian or whatever, you believe in God, you're actually believing in this this being that created the world, the universe, whatever. It's so immense. So to boil it down to like, this person is angry with God or doesn't believe in God, he dies, he's going to burn in hell for all of eternity. Like, is that really the, the being that you believe in? Is that really kind of how it works, you think? Like, really? And then... Throughout the book, it's riddled with scripture that talks about different stuff. Mm-hmm. So what I really liked about that book is, you know, after reading it, because I always had that confliction growing up, you know, going to church, not going to church, you know, being, you know, stronger in my faith, not being as strong or not, you know, just not paying as much attention. But it always, it always bothered me to think like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, 
Really? So he, he be- asked a question in the book, like, does a 13-year-old atheist go to hell for all eternity if he dies? Mm-hmm. You know, it's those kinds of questions that a lot of people, you know, ask Christians about. And then they, there's all these weird, sloppy answers like, oh, it doesn't count if it's this or that. But mm-hmm. kind of what I liked about the book is I, it's not a weird, sloppy answer. It's straight up just like, love wins. That's the name of the book, right? So in the end, God's love wins. So, and also, you don't know. So it doesn't matter what kind of scripture you're reading. Ultimately, you don't know. I don't know. You can't even speak for yourself. That's part of the beauty, right? Yeah. Faith is is the unknown. And yeah, it's blind. It's blind it's faith. Blind That's faith. why it's called faith. It's not fact or fiction. It's not anything other than a faith and a belief. Mm-hmm. And if you are going to believe in this super powerful, benevolent being and believe that it's all loving, then it's almost very strange to think that like someone who's 12... And is like, I don't believe in God. They die in a car accident. They go to hell for all of eternity or what? Like, how does that work? Yeah, I've called someone out before. And yeah. said, if you don't believe, they said, if you don't believe in Jesus, you go to hell. And I go, well, what about the tribe that doesn't know who Jesus is? Exactly. So when you say that, it doesn't make sense. Or if Eric, we're fortunate to be born in America where we have freedom of speech and religion and Christianity is more based on love and giving. Mm-hmm. But what if you were born in Afghanistan? Yeah. What are the chances you would believe in Jesus? So that's why, yeah, I struggle with it. And there's yeah. people that are like Hindu, right? Mm-hmm. Some beautiful people or Buddhist. And I'm like, maybe everyone kind of is right. Yeah. Maybe, well, that and maybe that's the point things. of, you know, quote unquote, God's love. And that's kind of what I took from the book too. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about it before. I think us trying to understand the subject of where you go when you die, even if you are religious, is like a dog looking in to a house, it's into his a owner's scary house. Question. It's you probably know? the scariest question yeah. ever. You have we have no idea. We we no. we can't even comprehend or begin to understand that freaks that, me out. You know, because you can't even I mean nobody I know I know people talk about heaven a lot, like, oh and you're in heaven or this happens or whatever. But no one can actually like think about it. Sit down and think about you not exist existing and dying. Like what happens? It's scary. It's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I'm afraid. Like oh my god, if I die, you know, I, or I think about it a lot. But it's like when you do, it's like it's a good little thought experiment. You can't mm-hmm. really comprehend it. So no. if we can't even comprehend it. Why are we having these crazy debates about who goes to heaven, who goes to hell, mm-hmm. and all this? How stuff? many chairs are there? Yeah, exactly. Do you have a dog? Whatever. Are you first class or are you? Yeah. Are you? Do you get to smoke all the cigarettes you want? That excited me. <laughs> I thought when I was a kid, you can come back as Spider-Man. Yeah. So I thought in my next life, I'd be Wolverine. I thought he'd or be Batman. Story. Yeah, Batman's good, but he is a he's a tough life, man. True. He's like always burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. He's a billionaire, he's playboy, a having fun, but he's also like up all night. I'm not yeah. a night owl. I'm yeah. a day guy. Oh. I'm, I'm more like a Wolverine. You can't be crushing skulls at night. <sighs> no. The billionaire, playboy. Yeah. I can make that work. You yeah, know, I true. Could, I can play that life. So love wins. That was that was one of the first books I wanted to talk. about. So should about. I go with mine? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, so the first one I have, and these are more recent reads, which I like because it's more fresh. Because I feel like mm-hmm. I read a book and I forget. I do, but I do, I do like that. to collect books and just read new ones and have a stack. I want a big library someday. I think that'd yeah. be cool. It's like a tr- like kind of something. I don't collect a lot of things, but that's something I could. I've collect. always held on to the books I've read. Mm-hmm. This one was called Brave New Medicine. It was written by a doctor who is a internist. So she has she does like primary care mm-hmm. okay she's asian and dealt with a lot of emotional trauma and things like that and basically she talks about her health journey she did 10 years of feeling like she had the flu every day oh my god which talks about an overactive sympathetic nervous system which i can relate to because when i'm acutely stressed dude i, I can't calm down and yeah it's based on you know multiple factors but anyways she did everything western medicine everything man she had chronic fatigue syndrome and Hashimoto's, which are autoimmune disorders, and we don't really have good answers. So she was, she felt a one out of ten for most of this ten-year period. Horrible, man. I'm talking dizzy spells, passing out, feeling like crap, depressed. And she slowly healed herself by getting rid of chemicals in the environment, doing uh, traditional acupuncture, doing deep meditation, changing her diet and nutrition. And again, this is a doctor that's very smart. Healing yeah. from her emotional traumas that 70% of people have traumas. And oh, I believe Trauma it. doesn't mean that you were at war. Most PTSD is car accidents. 
so let's be more empathetic. But it was just cool to, to walk with this doctor through her journey as she healed. And now she's a functional medicine doctor, which is a big form of medicine I really look at, which is looking at the root cause of mm-hmm. disease and not treating the branches. Uh, dude, it was it was amazing. Dang. Yeah. What was it called again? Brave New Medicine. Brave New Medicine. Mm-hmm. Wow. I loved it, man. I couldn't... I, I wasn't as good as you where you could read the whole book, but I would read like a whole chapter in a row. Yeah. That's pretty strong. <laughs> yeah, no, but really that's, that's so important though because in books like that, because, you know, like we always talk about, there's not there's not one thing or there's not one way of doing something to heal yourself or there's there's a multitude of ways people can heal their body. And That's the beauty of it. And we, we get mm-hmm. so stuck in these, in these ways of like what we hear, you know, or what we've grown up being programmed to yeah. think about and then, and then we don't want to do anything else. Or we think it's all silly. Yeah, or my way is the better way. Is it? Yeah. Like if you don't, this is how I look at elf. You could have a six pack, but not be healthy. Yeah. Because you have body image issues, or you do drugs, or you have emotional traumas you have to deal with. You may have anxiety, depression, but still be in great shape. I've had a great like physique, but mentally I was struggling. You know, I was anxious. I was stressed. Yeah. I wasn't happy, even though my body looked good. I guess tech quote unquote right so yep. health is complex like do you go to sleep easily at night do you wake up in the morning with energy are you excited for the day uh are you able do you look forward to things are you vibrant are you not happy i like the word joy joy is like a steady state happy are like the ups and downs but yeah, joy true. is like the steady state that you're just sitting there and you're just like i am content like life is good that's health. Yeah. You know, your body's an ecosystem and it's all working together. But anyways, that was a real good read. Yeah, I'll have to check that one out. Brave New Medicine. Brave New Medicine. Mm-hmm. Book number two. Book number two. You know, when I was reading, I uh, I didn't finish this one yet because this was, this was a monster I was tackling. And it was getting really deep. That's a big book for you if it's a monster. Yeah. The it was Bible? getting super deep. No. <laughs> just, yeah, 67 books? No. <laughs> I read uh, it overnight. Yeah. It was uh, Charles Manson, the CIA, and the secret six... The secret... What was it? The secret something of the 1960s. The secret history of the 1960s. So Charles Manson, the, the CIA, and the secret history of the 1960s. Crazy book. Okay, so long story short, this guy, he wrote for this small small time magazine and he was going to do a 20th anniversary piece for the Manson murders. So, ooh. Oh, I thought that was your phone. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> it was like some motorcycle in the background. Yeah, that's like... Yeah. yeah, so he was supposed to do this piece in this magazine for the 20th anniversary for the Manson murders. So, for those of you, he, for those of you who don't know, in the 1960s, I forgot when, like mid-60s, uh, Charles Manson had the Manson family. It was like a little cult, and then which wasn't a family. He just created. It wasn't a family. It was people, called right? the Manson family. Yeah, they were hanging out at this place called the Spawn Ranch, and um, one night, four I think four of these Manson. They were ordered by Charles Manson for these girls and led by one guy. They went out and they murdered uh, this actress Sharon Tate plus. She was like a Kim Her Kardashian, friend. right? Like very oh, famous. Oh, she was back like then? yeah, and she was pregnant. So it was this horrific, gruesome murder. They murdered her baby. They wrote blood stuff. They wrote pigs and stuff they all over. Cut the baby out. Cut the baby out. Uh, murdered the other three people there, and then the two nights later, they went and murdered another couple. Did the same thing, and then finally they were they were caught and all this stuff. And there was a book called Helter Skelter um, written about it, and it was written by the prosecutor who prosecuted uh, the Manson, Charles Manson, and all, everyone involved with the Manson murders. But the, so this guy who's supposed to be writing this magazine article about it, he starts digging into Helter Skelter, and he starts digging into these murders. And he's finding all these discrepancies, and he's tracking down detectives um, from the LAPD and from uh, LA County Sheriff's Office, and he's, and it just turns into this like 25, 30 year obsession with him going down the, these rabbit holes and just pretty much dismantling the entire helter-skelter motive that mm-hmm. it was plainly just Charles Manson, mind control, cult, go murder rich people. And I haven't finished it yet, and that's kind of the exciting part because I don't really know what the resolve is in this book. But as far as I've gotten, um, Charles Manson has now been connected to uh, the FBI, the CIA, 
uh, way above LAPD and LA County sheriffs. Like, like they they were actually investigating. They were surveilling Charles Manson. They knew about the murders that were gonna happen. They were they had them bugged. I mean, I think it was a week before the murders. The um, LA County Sheriff's Office and LAPD and someone else had the largest uh, recorded raid in like California history. So many, and they found cars. They found stolen cars. They found drugs. They found guns. They they found all all this stuff. And Charles Manson never got arrested. He was protected somehow. Everyone who was living there got to stay there. They dropped all the charges against him. And now the further this guy is getting into this, I haven't finished the book like I said, but. Um, they think that Charles Manson was an informant possibly for both the FBI and the CIA because he was so heavily tied into the drug world, the music world in Hollywood and LA and uh, guns and all sorts of stuff. So it's almost like he was so, you know, the government was almost using this kinda psychopath. Like, kind of like uh, Whitey Bulger, you know what I'm talking about? No. The mob boss from... He got intertwined with the FBI, yeah. so he was allowed to kill people and keep doing yeah. what he was doing because yeah. he was the FBI's main informant, so they yeah. allowed him to do that because he was more of a benefit than same type of thing, a yeah. negative thing. Yeah. So what they were doing with him, and then all of a sudden, you know, when these murders happened, I'm assuming that you know, it was, they pretty much caught him with it, and uh, but silenced him instantly, and then put him away, and he died. But crazy well, he died stuff. Way later, though. He did. He did die way later. Did but, he get like pneumonia or something? Yeah. But so I'm, I'm still getting to the bottom of it. But like, it's just crazy because if something as not small, but something is as significant, because what the author is saying is like the the Manson murders is like one of the highlights of the '60s. It's one of the biggest craziest yeah. things that happened in the '60s. I just watched a movie on it. Actually, it's really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, it was the Lizzie McGuire. Who does Lizzie McGuire? Hillary Duff. Hillary She's Duff. a really good actress. She's great. She's really pretty. And she too. actually survived um, being a child star. She's not like a psychopath. No, At least she doesn't seem really like good. it. Good for her. Yeah. She's really pretty. So anyways, just naturally. It makes me think, and I know it's all like conspiracy theory, theory, black holes and whatnot, but to me, it's like, there's a lot of truth in what this author has found. I mean, he found, he's found records of people lying. He's found, you know, all sorts of crazy stuff. He's talked to people in the district attorney's office. He's talked to people. He has like tons of actual real concrete evidence that totally suggests that whatever happened, the way it was prosecuted, that is not the story, you know? And I think if that can happen with something like that, how is it happening every single day in our lives today with the government and with different things? And that's kind of scary. And I think people should be more awake to, I call it wizardry because I think it's like it's almost like a spell. I like that term, you know. And so, how can you point out obvious lies? Because mm-hmm. I think if you can dispel those lies, it can improve your life, you know. Because mm-hmm. I think too many people are just bogged down with entertainment and bullshit, and you know, CNN and or Fox News it doesn't matter, left or right, and and we just get put in this little bubble. And it's like, okay, why don't you open your eyes, be woke, whatever you want to call it, and kind of at least just sit on the sidelines and, and realize that almost everything we're told, at least especially now in the media, is like there's a there's a reason they have that spin. There's a reason Fox News tells a story the way they do. There's a reason CNN tells a story the way they tell it. You know, so I, And I think people would actually get along more if we all kind of like step back and open our eyes to like more truths than mm-hmm. like these programmed lies. You or know? just be open-minded. Or just be open-minded, like, yeah. If you've been... We've been told a long time that they've been lying, and they're caught in lies daily. So yeah. what makes you trust these same news sources? Yeah. So why wouldn't you want to? It's it's bizarre to me. I don't. I turn off the news because I, I would don't watch just it. Research it myself yeah. and get from multiple sources to get an idea. It's so blatantly obvious that it's not accurate because there's they're the opposite. So they're both lies. There's yeah. probably more in the middle. Right? I, I, when yep. something happens, especially politically. Well, I heard it said once this way. It was like someone was saying, I forgot what podcast it was. He was saying, I was watching this event, this big event that happened. So I would flip back and forth between CNN and Fox News. They were both reporting on the exact same thing with polar opposite reports, basically. So and you're like, you somebody's lying. Or Most likely, or they're, actually both, they both, they're are. both are. Yeah. Where is the actual truth? Yeah, And you know? it's sad because... We still have people, even our age, 
There's yeah. rarely people our age though that watch the news. It's oh, rare. it's so bad. There, there is. I mean, literally thousands of YouTubers out there and people who do podcasts and stuff like this. Like it, their analytics show they have way more viewers than CNN mm-hmm. or. I think ABC. it's gonna die. Oh yeah, it's a dying. It's a dying. It's a dying uh, yeah. industry. And sure. I wish it was Walter Conkright in the seventies that yeah. all they knew was to like preach. This is the news. This is the news. How, there was how cool a tornado was yesterday. Yeah, it would actually be exciting. Like, what was the news of the day? I I used to like looking at newspapers. I came just a newspaper. And that's what's yeah, sad. Like, there also what? there's also an agenda there, and I'm like, mm-hmm. gosh, I just want to read. Everything's I hate having to be skeptical too. Yeah. And I'm like, I thought the news is supposed to be objective. It's like you're not yeah, you're supposed to report. your thoughts. It's or reporting. Like yeah. they're reporting, not hit pieces and opinion mm-hmm. articles and like hot buzzwords. It's yeah. like or headlines that are misleading. It's like yeah, like, you have to mislead it. That's not actually what you're trying to get clickbait. It might as, yeah, it's it's porn. Clickbait. You know, yeah, it's it's info porn. Uh, Joe Rogan talks about having a diet for information. Yeah, like you need to cut back and be more cognizant of what information you're allowing into your brain. Like I have Pandora without commercials. I limit my advertisements because you just get so sick of commercials. I'll, oh, yeah. I'll watch Netflix instead of watching a show. I haven't watched a show on TV in years. No. Because I'm not watching a show with commercial break, commercial break, Twilight commercial break. movies. Yeah, I don't at all. And it's just like, I think it's getting worse, but it will get better at some point. It's got to. Because people are getting sick of it. Yeah. I, I, well, They're more like and non- more people are moving away from it. Yeah. And new kids, they are not built to watch the news. The attention so, yeah. span's not even that good. If you're interested, CIA. Oh, yeah. Charles Manson, the CIA, and the secret history of the 1960s. Boom. So I read uh, a book recently. It was called Codependent No More. So what's codependency, right? Everyone can say the typical scenario is uh, husband's a drunk, wife is an enabler and codependent. So she is codependent upon him. So she finds her identity through him and doesn't realize her own self-worth. That's like the typical situation. But there's a lot more to it. There's codependency tendencies like i do i put myself aside trying to make others happy which i think is the right thing to do mm-hmm. but it's at the offset of my own happiness like i say yes to things but i really don't want to do it right and you have to make yourself happy because that's your responsibility to have self-worth care about yourself love yourself so then you're just a better person for others no is an okay answer like, I had a big problem in my 20s saying no. Like, if people wanted to go out drinking, I, on, Eric, I didn't even want to go, man. Like, I'm sick of being hungover. Like, I go out sometimes, I pick and choose, but I didn't do it because I really wanted to. I did it because that was the peer pressure. It was like what people were doing. It was the cool thing, right? Yep. And I what feel they like they expected being, of you. Yeah, I think being 30 now, it's a much better time where it's like, you know what? Like, there's a party coming up soon. I said, no, I'm not going to go. I just don't want to go just don't have an interest you know but i used to i would have a guilt all night about it yeah i i know people i mean even close friends that that are like that too and i used to be terrible at it like Mm -hmm. really bad like i felt like i had to go to everything i had to do everything same thing people want to go out even if i didn't want to i'd be like okay i'll go and now i try to really pick and choose i'm like my time is severely severely limited and i want to do the things that i want to do and if there's something coming up and i don't want to do it no, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I look at my little sister, Emily, who I love. Mm-hmm. She's a killer. and She does a lot, but she doesn't know how to say no. Yeah. And she not- winds up telling me sometimes, I'm like, hey, Emily, you want to get a cup of coffee or do this? And she'll, you know, she's the classic like, yeah, we can go at 10, but at 1045, I got to do this. 1130, I got to do that. 1215, I'm going to go here. Then one o'clock, I'm doing this. And I'm like, thin. why? Yeah. Slow down. Slow down. Why are you doing all this? Mm-hmm. Well, because so-and-so wanted me. They wanted me. I wanted to. They wanted. I'm like. It sounds like you're going to do 10 things. You have time for four and you only want to do two. So no, why don't you way. pick the two to three? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I like that. Yeah. That's real good. She's a lot of fun to be around. Oh, yeah. So that's great, but it's also hard mm-hmm. because people want you to be around. You, They're used to you saying yes. People that are people pleasers or codependent have codependency traits. It's hard to start setting boundaries and be like, you know, I actually never liked that. I was yeah. honestly just doing it for you. Uh, with my current girlfriend, I would 
do things for her thinking that's what she wanted or needed and that's not what she actually wanted or needed or ever asked for it's just what i thought in my head that's what she wanted and it was at the expense of myself and then i thought i was putting so much effort in that why isn't she appreciating the effort i am doing does that make sense yeah oh totally yeah it's bizarre but when you start reflecting take a step back think about what you're going to say and understand why you do what you do and act the way you act it's just very interesting man a lot of things are behavior-based and What's cool about that is you can change it. Mm-hmm. You can't change your genetics. Can't change can't. where you're born, raised. Uh, you know what color you are, sex you are. Well, maybe you can change that, but maybe, maybe not, not DNA wise. <laughs> but uh, behaviors are things you can change. You can choose today, Eric. You can have a guy that's 30 year drunk, okay, been a pos for a long time, and he says, "I'm done today." There's those stories, man. Yeah, that's true. It's amazing. I love hearing those stories. I'm like, so motivated. David Goggins. What an absolute crazy story. It makes me feel bad. Like, I had a good workout today, and I'm like, David Goggins ran 100 or 200 miles. Right? Those are the people. It's, it's just like, like I, I was sore today for my workout yesterday, yeah. but I think about it, I'm like, oh my God. God such a working, right? Jocko was up 14 hours before me, just hammering <sighs> out something, like whatever. I love Jocko. I listened to Jocko and Tulsi Gabbard, and not to bring oh, that's, politics. That's one I wanted to listen to. Oh well. my God. I'm such a Tulsi fan. Yeah. Dude, she was on it for three hours. She actually wow. talks policy. She actually talks about where she's coming from. All I get is a snippet on her on the news. Well, I was gonna say I hope hey, she's super hot. I think Can it we was good. That? Well, she's she's, she's a, really pretty. She's a killer. She works she's out super killer. hard too. She's always posting about it. Yeah, um, she's a, she's, she's doing awesome. like hit cardio on the road and whatnot. I actually donated to her. Oh, did you? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, she uh, her first time on Rogan, I actually enjoyed a lot what she had to say because she was the only one of any candidate who's just like talking about these foreign wars. Yeah, I don't understand it. And so she I'm almost it now. almost sounds like if you just listen to a lot of what she says, I'm not talking about everything. I'm just saying a lot, uh, just and pertaining to that to that podcast. It sounded like a female Ron Paul. Yep. It was like we're in unnecessary wars. We're spending billions of dollars in unnecessary war, trillions of dollars, all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, these are the really important things. And then people just want to talk about, like, you know, Christian cake makers not making cakes for, you know, the LGBT community. Or whose bathroom to use. Or whose bathroom. And it's like, come on, let's talk about real things. War is huge. And And horrendous. Yeah. And and no one else is talking about it because we're so bogged down with these other things. And uh, I really liked her on the first one. Although, you know, she still have any politician I've noticed that's been on, like, Rogan, at least. They still have so many uh, polished political answers but i think it's just routine but she you know she went so much and that's what i liked about andrew yang's too is he went so much deeper and Mm -hmm. he elaborated even though i don't agree with maybe some of the stuff he said he still at least elaborated on it when he had bernie sanders on Mm -hmm. i'm serious and which this is one of my criticisms of rogan is i actually heard him say like oh yeah like i loved when i had bernie on and he actually had a chance to really talk and go into his stuff and i'm like no he didn't and this isn't just because i don't like bernie sanders i legitimately listened to the whole podcast and i felt like it was an hour long version of his 10 second mouth piece that he does on the debate stage yeah it wasn't as in-depth so no it was it was not in-depth because he would just say his talking point and then rogan wasn't like drilling him hard because it's not what he's he was trying to do i guess but it was like, dude, they that can't one, drill those people, or they won't be on. No, or they won't be on. And so it was I'd like, I'd love to hear Trump on that. I didn't show, like but that he one. Go on it. Yeah, I would love to hear God, Trump. On that. I wish that would be would great because you know he would just go for it. And he, yeah. I, I bet he yeah. has the energy to just go for three hours. You know, fed, he'd be ready. Oh yeah, God, he'd be loaded with a fillet of fish. But you know what's no kind of crazy? I mean, not to talk too much about politics, but all these people are starting to drop out now. Like Beto dropped out, Kamal mm-hmm. Harris dropped out, but like Andrew Yang is still in. Is he still in? He's still in. I Good think. Good for him. Okay. It's like wow, like I. Yeah, you still, have to follow the money. It's pretty it. quick. So Tulsi is backed by no packs, meaning no big lobbyists. Yeah, she's packed by just individual donors, very similar to Bernie. Uh, the same thing you talked about the podcast with Bernie. I did like how he said with these complex topics. He said we got to try though. Yeah, I like true. that take because when we talk about guns, I have friends on both sides, and you know I have a military background. I went shooting today, but I can sit there. I have a 30-round magazine. I was just talking to my dad. I go, I don't really know the purpose of having a 30-round magazine. I wouldn't be upset if we got rid of them. I like an AR. I have a lot of fun with it. Uh, I think it's a really cool gun, especially end of the world gun. 30 zombies. But there's not end of the world there's not really much of a purpose to it. So I do understand. Like, Let's just be more open to, hey, the government's not trying to take the guns, but we won't do anything when a guy in Vegas shoots 500 people. 
regardless mm-hmm. whether that controversy or not, he still shot 500 people. Like, does, do we remember that? 500, Derek. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. 500. I met a patient here, or a person here, one time that just was there and had PTSD from being at a hotel. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, it was like, like a that war affected zone. a lot. Yeah, can you imagine? It was a huge concert, and I was like, "Wow, well, I didn't think about that one incident. It was 500 people shot, but how many people were affected by that for the rest of their life?" Like same thing know. in Orlando. Oh, dude, it's super sad. Those shootings are nuts, man. Yeah, we haven't had isn't nothing. I I can't keep track, man. There was one yesterday at Pearl Harbor. The other day, there's another one at Pearl yeah. Harbor. I there's a, a lot of these rampage shootings. Yeah, it is crazy, sad. man. They're they're like. Super but that's the thing, whether it's shootings and what to do about guns or it's about Medicaid for all or not having it, or mm-hmm. if it's about how do we, how do we have free college, all these ideas. The one thing about politics that does kind of drive me nuts is not even the ideas itself. It's like, I can't sit down and right now tell you that Medicare for all, for example, oh, that's a horrible idea because, well, because why I'm not an economist. I don't really know. You know, I really don't know. I'm and sure I could sit down and try and understand, but I bet if you sat down for four hours and try to understand it, it'd still be hard to understand. Well, you have really smart people. Yeah. So who are discussing it? How, so why are so many people just at each other's throat? And I'm yeah. like, do you even know what you do or don't support? Or, or was why? it just because of these people you don't like? Yeah. Or accept that it's complex. Yeah. Jordan Peterson exactly. says all the time, these are very accept complex that issues. It's extremely complex. Stop saying they're simplistic answers. Yeah. I wish it was, but it is not. Yeah. So climate change is a complex issue to state that it's just cow farts. Or yeah, to greenhouse state, gas emission. Yeah, to state that just America is going to fix the world. Exactly. When you have other countries that need to participate, like yeah. China, India, uh, Russia, right? The biggest polluters of the world. Yeah. You know, we, we talk about reducing meat. But most of our carbon emissions comes from agriculture, so yep. that's weird. And then it's not just carbon production. We have carbon capture processes. We have nuclear energy that is the cleanest form of producing energy. But no one brings that up. Mm-hmm. So why on the left side don't they bring up nuclear energy? Like that's the I most, know. your dad works at a nuclear plant. He does. Like, every time I see a nuclear employee, I work near the plant. I'm like, hey, thank you for what you do. Like I don't know why you guys aren't. Why this isn't pushed more? Isn't that a win for everybody? It's good for I think capitalism. It's good for the environment. It's very low. It's very efficient. It, its emission is uh, steam. Yeah, it's which steam goes power. Into the atmosphere. Yeah, which we can reuse. It's it's steam. The only thing is the spent rods that they bury in the earth, but it yeah. comes from the earth. We mine it from the earth. Yeah. You know, and it goes back into the earth. Yeah. So it's I like. Just, why is that never brought up? I don't, I don't know, understand. but that's the thing is, like you said, it's a complex issue. It is. You know, it's I like diet. To... It's like health. You know, oh, it's yeah. like. You know, like we were just talking about before the podcast, you know, uh, everyone was up in arms about the Game Changers vegan documentary. Rogan brought on Chris Kresser, who kind of shredded it. A lot of people shredded it. Rogan had another one with Chris Kresser and the guy who produced the Game Changers. And then, you know, I didn't listen to it. Did he produce it or was he like a vegan athlete? He was a producer. Oh, he was? Okay. So apparently, you know, according to Joe Rogan, the guy defended it marvelously and whatever. But it's like, you know what? It's it's a super super complex uh thing because you know what we still don't even totally understand or know the human body you know what i mean there's we're learning so much so to say because you know it's uh an interesting one that's been going on lately is i've been i've been hearing i didn't know that there was actually huge date debates about intermittent fasting but there's there's a ton of people that are like against it really yeah and, and uh, what's her what's her rationale you know who's actually not against it but who's trying to poke a lot of holes in it was uh dr lane norton I don't know who that is. He was, he's the one. He was on Rogan before. He's a bodybuilder and mm-hmm. uh, MD. So not only has he competed in bodybuilding shows, but he's also, you know, has his um, He's in bodybuilding PhD. Now, so he's on. So he's a doc. He is on hormones. Oh, he's totally on yeah, hormones. So I don't but he's know. not a vegan guy. He's, no, no, he no. Was just, uh, he was just against, uh, he, well, it seems fasting. like he's against intermittent fasting. I don't know, man. That's Bio like Lane. one of the biggest pushes I have. Elaine yeah, Norton. Hmm. Yeah, that's him. That's, here's his Instagram, showing Frank. Yeah, wow. but he was okay, talking about intermittent yeah. fasting and how you know, like he was he was kind of shitting on uh, what is it called a to- autography, autophagy, autophagy. He was kind of like mm. shitting on autophagy. What was he saying? 
um, that you can still obtain it just with regular caloric intakes and whatnot and different stuff. And I was like, hmm, I haven't seen any of the studies on it. I haven't seen any science on it. I didn't hear what he said about it. I just was reading stuff that he was, you know, airing out on Instagram. But it's just, again, super complex topic. Very complex. You know, you can't act like your diet is perfect. I lean more towards like a meat base just based off of what I've had. Keto's been great. I'm a big keto fan, which yep. is mostly meat. Uh, for thousands of years, we ate meat. So... Um, it's just an easier way to live too. Intermittent fasting just easier style for me. Yeah. Because I can eat in, I can even eat a little worse, but in smaller windows and still have good results. Yeah. And I, I love it. it. Yeah. So, I absolutely love it. I don't know. But we're just going to tell you what works for us. I can go into the science, but I think a lot of people don't really want to know the science too much. Like no. it gets, it gets too much. It's hard to understand. Yeah. And it's also jaded too. So, and we can get more into that, you know, down the road, but. Yeah, it's just complex. Let's, Let's just, just stick to talking that. about the Cowboys. This is the Cowboys. Can we talk about the Cowboys for a second? God, they're so embarrassing. So it is. A, we're recording on a Thursday night. We release them on Mondays, but we're recording right now on a Thursday. And the Cowboys are playing some Thursday night football against yeah, the Bears. Six and six. God, it's so embarrassing. But hey, I think it's the Cowboys. I think you think it's their year? I think they're gonna pull through. <laughs> Super Bowl? Yeah, that or we just fire everybody. So I just want the house to burn down. I'm Super so Bowl day. Those guys. But we are at fifty-one minutes. Now, well, let's run through real quick your third book, or I can I go through my third. Yeah, one? go f- go for okay. it. Okay, so I read another one. It's by Dale Carnegie, so it's old, and mm. it was called "How to Stop Worrying and Start Living." And nice. I struggle with anxiety a little bit and stress, and yeah. how to handle that. And uh, it was just really interesting how like ninety percent of illness is from is related to stress, which I completely agree. People don't oh, even yeah. realize they are stressed. I know that's how chronically stressed we are, and it's affecting our brain. You know, uh, the neuroplasticity, like how we create new brain impulses and brain connections and our hormones are jacked up. A lot of metabolic disorders like stress raises cortisol, which shows, uh, increases inflammation. It's good for fight or flight, but not on the day-to-day issues, which everyone's chronically stressed. And there's not a pill for that. Nope. It just masks. It's like a Band-Aid on a bleeding out wound. It's not doing anything. It's just, you know, I guess siphoning it, but... Uh, anyways, it was just really interesting to think about. It was like stories from the 1930s. So I don't, I think about that time. I'm like, man, it was a lot more simple back then. But they had people, man, that were so stressed. Because you think about like the depression and stuff. They didn't have a phone that we're addicted to, but and so many distractions. But they had, you know, no food. Yeah. And 30% unemployment. And it talked about these people that were just chronically stressed. And the doctor would be like, hey, you need to be on bed rest for a few days and just relax. And they would start to heal. It was amazing, dude, because I look at that time and I'm, I'm so uh, naive because yeah. I think, oh, they weren't that stressed back then. It was an easier life. You just, you know, got a wife, had some kids, went to work, Milk got the goats. home. Yeah, that was it. It was American dream, white picket fence. America was great. But the, you had these people that were struggling back then. So it's always been an issue, no matter what technology has done. We're still yeah. human beings with the same struggles. And we still need the foundation the principles that make people happy and healthy yeah that would so. be a good prescription for someone so that instead is. of po- giving them a pill it's like hey a day off don't go to work tomorrow you need a day <laughs> off or hey i'm gonna actually make you not work as much so yeah i actually wanted to announce something too um starting mm-hmm. february again it's kind of in the works me and a doc are starting a coaching business which is about health so we have the medical background and we'll see, but I'm going to advertise this since it's like my it. first company, or I guess second if we call this a company, right? Yeah. But I think starting a business is like one of the coolest things in the world. So oh, we'll yeah. see if we can help people. It's exciting. Because yeah, if you can, again, we talked about Tom's before the book. If you yeah. can make money, but also help people, that's the best thing in the world. It's not about the, the stockholders or shareholders, all that crap. It's not about the bottom line. What if you can make a difference? It's what Jocko talks about too, yep. is the best thing you can do for the economy is create a business supplying jobs to other people, supplying a good product for people, bringing work here in America, staying busy and productive and excited for something. Most people go to work, like 76% are dissatisfied in their job. Our jobs are not meant to create happiness. They're meant to make money for the company. I'm exactly. sorry Boeing doesn't care about you. I'm sorry American Airlines doesn't care about you. I'm sorry they just are not built to do that. Nope. And your 401k 3% is like a carrot in the front of your face. I know. Just that steady little, that little drip, that little paycheck drip just keeps you. It's like just a little just drip in there, of Just morphine. enough to like Still get you the next two weeks, next yeah. two weeks, next yeah. two weeks. 
Yeah, and then you spend it all. And it's a tiny little raise, tiny little bonus raise. Go, what if you go, didn't? Go. What if you had no? This is why everything in health and life and happiness is correlated. So when I have more time, so I can, you know, spend more time with myself, uh, relax. Like I forget how to relax, Eric, because I'm so on the go all the time, and I have to realize, like, wow, what am I doing? Like, what does this all mean? Like, I'm 30. Exactly. I'm three tenths through life, maybe a third through life, right? Yep. And what do I have to show for it so far? I have a couple degrees. Do I put that on my my headstone? Yeah. I'm not married yet. Like, I've had some good relationships, but I'd like to start a family. That sounds pretty fulfilling. But that can't be everything either, right? You can't just do family because then you're not going to be fulfilled either because your kids do grow up. No, you, you yeah, you around. do need to have meaningful work in your life. Yes, you need to have purpose of some sort. And, yep. and that purpose could be, you know, a stay-at-home mom or something like that. That's a, that's a big job. Oh, but definitely. again, you have seasons of life, so you're going to have to have other things. Yep. Like, I'm never not going to work, Eric. My dream of retirement is to work two days a week. So I can go shooting, have plenty of sex, uh, golf, sleep, man, get good quality sleep. It's not just eight hours. It's the actual well, good just be quality healthy sleep too. And feel good. Just feel good. Like right now, I feel good. Like not only does my body, I'm, I'm doing really well and I look good, but I feel good. And that's what I want people to have. And that's what you have, right? Yeah. Like you're dating a hottie right now. Oh, hottie. She's such a hottie. Hottie with the body. H-A-W-T. Oh, God. Do you, you think it's because we had the podcast? Is that why? Oh, it's easily because of the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Does she find that, you sexy with the headphones? Oh, she loves it. That and the yeah. the Cowboys. She, oh, she loves does she really? The Cowboys. Does she really? No. Oh. But I told her I got. <laughs> I I'm, like, I'm working on it. Oh, she what is Chargers? Why? She, oh, they don't she's even have from a stadium. Diego. Did you tell her that? Huh? They don't even have a stadium. They don't even have a stadium. Yeah. They're, and they're in LA now. Their city rejected them. How do you? I was know? like, look, you. I, I get it. Philip Rivers, San Diego, whatever, but. They're in LA now. They don't have a stadium. Just jump on board. Be a Cowboys fan. Be a Cowboys fan. Yeah, we all are. It's the greatest sports market in the world. And they haven't won in over 20 years. I know. It's pretty amazing, right? Isn't that weird? It is weird. Hey, Urban Meyer said it best. He said the Dallas Cowboys head football coach job is the greatest job in the world. Would you take it? Like if you want to be the Cowboys coach. If if you're a football coach, you want to be the Cowboys coach. You have no idea. I was so excited when they got Bill Parcells. Yeah, right. Actually, it's more exciting than getting a player. I thought about. I was I was really thinking about this because I heard Jason Garrett say that one of his you know mentors is Urban Meyer, and I'm sitting there going, "You're the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, the greatest sports market on the planet, and you look up to a college guy." And I get Urban Meyer is Urban Meyer, but I'm just saying like, Uh, yeah, Jason Garrett. Because then you really think about it, you're like, the Dallas Cowboys head football coaches. Jason That's Garrett. like a Yankees manager. You can't. It's like. You can't say that. What? We yeah, need NFL Urban is, Meyer. Yeah. You know. We need a freaking Mike Tomlin. I was hating on Tomlin Mike for a while. Mike Tomlin. Dude, his team's killing it. And yeah, they're like. He always. You know, he's a good they coach. have so many injuries. He's a Running good Running back. Quarterback. Our team, the Cowboys, if they lose one player, they suck. That's how yep. weak-minded they are. I know. Like a second-string corner gets hurt and we yeah, collapse. Yeah, we fall apart. One offensive lineman. Yeah. Is hurt. Yeah. Chaz oh, Green whole, plays. And whole team. All, everything. Whole team's done. Yeah. Like they're just not—they're not mentally tough. Yeah, the Patriots lose Gronk and they win a Super Bowl. They—they they go ten and six with, uh, without Brady. Yeah. Or eleven and five with yeah. Matt Castle. Yeah. No, they just—I uh, <sighs> like Garrett, but it's time to put the clapper away. Yeah. Yeah. Clap put the clapper. Else, Chew that gum and clap somewhere else. Yeah. Go get. Go get. Hey, wear go, some sunscreen. Go to the Panthers, and they love it there. They love clappers. They, they, go yeah, clap. They like the clap. You could clap for the Cardinals because that butt mm. whooping they had the other day was yeah. embarrassing. It it was. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my dad got pretty uh, hammered at that game. Yeah, that's all you. There was do. nothing else to do. It was bad. That's all you can do. Kyle Murray looked five four on the field throwing that. Football. Yeah, well, I think he is five four. <laughs> is he five four? Five five? <laughs> five three. Every ball seemed like he got batted down. Yeah, he's throwing a sidearm pass every play. I'm like, you're not Patrick Mahomes. I think Joe Rogan's taller than Kyle Murray. No, <laughs> he he's a freak. He's wrote- five nine. Or 5'8". Five 5'8". Eight. Five eight. 200 pounds. 200 pounds. I'm 6'1". And I'm 170. And yeah. I, feel, I think I feel... I well, it's because he's on human growth hormones. He's also a stud, but he's on HGH, T3, and testosterone, yeah. which is basically in plants. So if you eat your broccoli, right? Uh, or, yeah. Game changer? Oh, game changers. Game changer. Eat broccoli. Hey, we're going to talk about the next episode, though. The game changers. We should. Because there's a pro and against it. So it'd be cool to see both, actually. It would be. Yeah. But. Well, well, hey. Well, sir, we did an hour. Are we putting Nat back on? I think we We're should go out with some Do you think Nat we'll still have... Uh, 
Do you think we'll still have viewers by episode 10? God, I hope so. Mom, Dad, thank you for listening. Because we bought all this equipment. Oh, hey, I want to give a shout out. Uh, me and my mom are doing a lot better. So oh, that's It's really great, nice man. to be talking and that's going really to lunch good. and stuff. So I just want to give a shout out. Especially Love for you, the holidays. Yeah, it's it's tough. Family's tough, right? Yeah, family's tough, man. But when you got Nat King Cole. Oh. I mean, that's... It's so good. I know. I could just listen to this, like, sit next to a fire, drink a Guinness. Oh, draft oh, Guinness. Yeah. Oh, so sexy. A frothy one that gives oh. you, a, like, a frothy mustache. I'm only good for, like, one, though. One. They're so thick. One, and then have, like, Heavy. a sugar cookie. Oh, yeah. Oh. Naked, though. Naked. Next to the totally hat. naked. Yeah, I don't like wearing clothes <laughs> Santa hat. with Nat King Cole on. No. Well, goofy Christmas socks... And a, and a Santa hat. <laughs> yeah, just a Santa hat. Yeah. I have some tassels on my yeah. nipples, but, yeah. uh, you know, that's just an all night here. Yeah, on a red couch. On the Jack podcast. Yeah. Just a couple dudes. You and a babe. Coming to you, you and your North Phoenix. Yeah, North Phoenix, baby. Shout out. God, what good music. That's good stuff. All right, guys, we'll see you for all episode right. 11. It's going to be our first guest. Bye, everybody. Later.